Traveling the Vortex. Joined Romana and the CIA at the Court of Rassilon in episode 523. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How's it going, guys? Pretty good. It's been a long time since I've heard from you guys because uh, yeah. <laughs> we've had so many delays in recording because of personal things going on with everybody. So it's it's good to get back together and hear from you guys. And uh, apologize to the listeners for the hiatus, the the the, the minor hiatus we took. It isn't, it isn't as long as some, but... We're getting the band back together. <laughs> Did you guys do anything fun in the last few weeks? See anything? Read anything? We went and saw Top Gun. What did you think? I really liked it. I thought it was a really good movie. Um, probably enjoyed it better than the original, uh, just in the fact of the plot, I think, is stronger and has more of a through line to it than anything else, and... But the the respect paid to the original was very well done. It wasn't mired in nostalgia, but it was just enough there to, to remind those who haven't seen it in a long time what happened. And for those who hadn't seen it, catch, catch them up on kind of what they might have missed. So I thought it was well balanced. Agreed. Glenn, you haven't been at it over yet? Not yet. I, I think I'll probably wait till it's streaming somewhere. Oh no! You got to catch it on the big screen. Mm-hmm. It's definitely worth it. the, the action's pretty awesome on the big screen. Pro- probably, well, probably not because it's not a film I would go see by myself, and there's no nobody interested in my family of seeing it. So, I'll go with you. Oh well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go back and see it again. Well, that'd be all right then. Uh we didn't. We haven't done anything. We've been catching up on. Well, not catching up. We've been doing a rewatch of the uh, Jurassic Park, Jurassic World. Uh, we've just got one left, and then we'll go see the new film, hopefully this next week, this coming weekend. And then been catching up on, or, well, I've been staying up on Ms. Marvel, which I've thoroughly enjoyed so far, and I'm still, I'm just one behind. I didn't get Obi-Wan watched today, so I'll probably uh, probably do that tomorrow morning before I go to work. We got Obi-Wan finished today, but we are now two behind on Ms. Marvel. Ah, we are today's episode of Miss Marvel behind and today's episode of Obi-Wan behind. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Which I think it's odd that they released both of those on. It's like I, I, I'm, I'm kind of shocked at Disney's. I mean, I get trying to appeal to multiple groups, but still, why would you release a new show while you have a new show? Well, I wish or start at, new <laughs> at the very least do what they were doing with one of the other ones that crossed over and leave it on why didn't they leave star wars on friday i mean they've marvel's been on wednesday leave star wars on as a friday release but yeah they moved all their plus, moved all their star wars stuff to wednesdays now and plus uh doctor strange and the multiverse of madness dropped on disney plus today too oh did it a lot of competition <laughs> oh i didn't even see that yeah well, I know what I'm going to go watch later. <laughs> all, all in all, streaming it's a it's a good time to be a geek. Yeah, that's true. Oh, that's for sure. Ob- Obi Wan has been amazingly solid all the way up through episode five. Been thoroughly enjoying it. Mm. Um, we we, we love the first two episodes of Miss Marvel. I love the way it's shot. Yeah, me too. Um, and I'm I'm digging the story so far. Uh, Strange New Worlds. 
I am in love with this show. If you guys are not watching it, you need to be. It is so, so amazingly good. It I, just feels I like Star Trek again. I can't bring myself to get Paramount Plus just for one <laughs> Star Trek show. Yeah. Although there are other ones on there I could watch. But You talk to me off mic. I will, I will let you in on the, the hookup. <laughs> Um, and plus, uh, the Orville is back. The Orville's back. It has been I've only good got the as first well. two episodes of that down. I need to catch yeah, up. Same. I need to catch up from past seasons on that. Although this is the last season, so yeah, yeah it sounds like there's only six episodes too. Oh, is that right? In total? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll be there. I think they're still hoping for more. Although it's, I, it's, it's I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, it's, it's, so long as Seth MacFarlane's still around for it, I'm fine with that. He he has publicly said that he will make it as long as there is a demand for it. He is very much 100% behind the show, and even though he signed a new deal with wherever he's at, uh, apparently Hulu is quite happy with it. And I don't know if you've noticed, but it's it's very apparent that they uh, they gave him a budget uh, for this season. <laughs> I noticed the episodes are longer. Yeah. Uh, I take it back, it's 10 episodes, not six. So, uh, okay. Yeah, they, they, they dumped uh, they dumped some money in into it. Uh, well, this year. Everything, everything got a bit of a facelift moving over to Hulu. It was Disney counting on the fact that everybody was starting to bail on Star Trek because uh, the Orville felt like old Star Trek. So they were counting on that, and so uh, Star Trek countered with <laughs> Brave or uh, what's it called the new one? Uh, Strange Strange New, new Worlds, World. and made it feel more like Star Trek. So. <laughs> It's a good time to be a geek. <laughs> Plus, we also, uh, Umbrella Academy season three dropped today too. Yeah, yeah. I still haven't seen the first season. Or, yeah, first two seasons of that either. Caitlin watched the first season. I think she liked it. Good stuff. We just started. Uh, what did we watch last night? We watched the uh, premiere of, or no, we finished Lock and Key season two. And we are season, we are episode two of Stranger Things, hmm. season four. So we're slowly churning that one out because we're watching that as a group, and I'm being forced to watch it one episode per week. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's coming out. The next half of that's coming out. What it next week? Two weeks? Something like that. Yeah, yeah beginning of July. Yep. Well, we'll, we won't we won't be ready for it by the time it you, drops. You so. won't get there. Huh? <laughs> yeah, that's next week. Next Friday. Not this one, but the next Friday. Of course, yeah, there's only Lock and Key. We'll watch. Uh, we'll add Umbrella Academy and drop Lock and Key since it's yeah. done. For the... We did get out and uh, see Jurassic World mm. uh, three, whatever uh, Kingdom. Dominion. No, Dominion. Dominion. Have you noticed that there's the, the, they didn't put the title on any of the marketing materials for it? It's just the poster with the logo. Oh really? Have you have you noticed that? I hadn't noticed because I've I've seen it with the logo with it on there. So, really, yeah. take, take another yeah. look because I have not seen Dominion anywhere. I mean, it's it's. I mean, at this point, realistically, you can get away with it because you just put the Jurassic Park dinosaur on there, and people are going to go, "Hey, cool, a new Jurassic Park movie." But uh, yeah, it doesn't say Dominion on any. Uh, of the I'd say everything yet. everything that I've seen has Dominion on it. Now I don't. Now maybe the posters in the theaters don't. I, I'm, I'll give you that, but. All the marketing material on TV and 
and the cups and everything like that that are that are out. The Barbasol commercial, it all says Dominion. Hmm. Maybe on TV then, because yeah, even the trailer it just came up at the end with the logo, and it didn't say Dominion. Well, now that's not true because we just watched the trailer last night. Oh no, nope, that's not true. We watched the trailer. We watched the uh, TV spot, so it's on the TV spot. Must be on the TV. Which spot. which goes to my argument that it must be the t- or your your <laughs> argument that it must be just the TV stuff because yeah I. At any rate, it is. Uh, I, I've I've seen varying degrees of reviews. Um, some people uh, really enjoyed it. Some people are calling it the rise of Skywalker of the uh, Jurassic Park <laughs> uh, saga. Uh, I think I kind of fall somewhere in the middle. I enjoyed it. I thought it was a a fitting uh, wrap up to things. Uh, it, it it wasn't overly great. It was fine. Um, you know, there were a couple of standout action scenes that were pretty cool. Uh, the plot is still a little you know, muddled uh, for, I think, what they were trying to cram into it with uh, combining legacy characters and uh, Jurassic World characters. But it, it, it worked for what it needed to do. And it's still miles ahead of where Kingdom was at. So that, that's a plus. I mean, it had to be better than the last one, right? Yeah. Oh, definitely. So, yeah. But yeah. No, I mean, Mel and I both enjoyed it. Oh, good. And then uh, we got it. See, Lightyear. Ooh, is that any good? It is. It's just a fun movie. It is um, uh, just a, a, a cool little space adventure film. Uh, it's kind of one of those films that you wished Pixar would have done, you know, 10 years ago. Just just give me a cool sci-fi film, and they did. Um, and uh, it, it's got some, uh, some very nifty callbacks to the entirety of the Toy Story universe that you you don't necessarily realize it until you see it. And then it's like, Oh, that seems very familiar. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, it, it's, it's just a, just kind of a, a rollicking, uh, uh, adventure sci-fi film. Mm. I think they made one misstep with it, but I don't know that I can necessarily reveal what that is without. I think I already know what it is. I got spoiled on it. But I'm not going to say either. Is it a big, uh, well, the big reveal? <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh. It's not that. More than anything, it's just there, there's a. I mean, I was confused, quite honestly, for most of this, cause trying to figure out how this fit into the timeline of Toy Story. <laughs> that's supposed to be the movie that this, yeah. Andy to get the toy, right? Yes, yeah, that's, that, that's exactly what. What and the you know if it finally comes out. Well, when the movie starts, there's this big title card that comes up and says, "In 1995, Andy saw this film." And, you know, his, his, or his favorite toy was based on this movie. This is that movie. And then the movie starts. And, and personally, after now having seen it, I think what would have made more sense is if they just started and you watched this Lightyear movie. And then at the end, they cut to the outside of the multiplex and young Andy and his mom and he's dragging his stuffed Woody and he's just going off. His mind has been blown. Oh, wow, mom, that was the <laughs> coolest thing ever. I do. And they walk past the toy store, which is putting out the Buzz Lightyear dolls. Yeah. And he's just plastered to the window. I got to get me one of these. This is it. <laughs> well, your birthday's coming up. That to me would have been the aha moment. You, that you, I, you know, but you've seen what everybody's, how everybody's retconning that they're, they're ignoring the, but this has been the big thing on the internet that's happened. Part of the reason I got spoiled was because I fell down this rabbit hole, but the big, <laughs> the big push now is for people to ignore that placard at the beginning that says that, that this is what this was. 
and think of it as this is a live action remake of what Andy would have seen in 1995 because everybody is saying that this doesn't feel like a film that would have been made in 1995 that it really they try by dropping some things in it that would have been maybe you know anachronistic for now but um that this is like the live action remake of what inspired the toy and their argument is the toy is too cartoony and goofy to be based on this really cool light year film and they dumb down the <laughs> aspects of all of this and so th- it works better in being a remake of something that that toy was was based on and i can see that too it, it makes because the, i gotta be honest with you if if this is the movie that then inspired the Buzz Lightyear toy, I can tell you right now, the manufacturers missed the boat altogether. <laughs> have, now, if you'd watched this movie, even back in 1995, no kid would have wanted the Buzz Lightyear right, action. Right, right. Every kid would have wanted the socks action. That figure. was another thing that was being pointed <laughs> out, was there are there are things and people in this, or there, yeah, there's things in this movie that are much cooler than the Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> Socks is essentially a, a cat shaped R2D2. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's the Swiss army cat and he is beyond awesome. And Mel and I looked at each other and went, forget Buzz. That's the toy we would have wanted in 1995. <laughs> they missed the boat. Yeah. <laughs> But no, it's it's still worth seeing. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh, a lot of people are saying it is a good movie. They just say it doesn't quite work as the movie that Andy would have gone. I want a Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> Do you collect Doctor Who? Do you have Doctor Who items and you don't know you collect Doctor Who? For all things in the Doctor Who collecting world, tune in to the Doctor Who Collectors Podcast, a Direction Point Network podcast. I am Larry Van Rusbergen, your host, and I have been collecting Doctor Who for 40 years. With popular features like collection protection and the most outrageous offer, we have a lot of fun. Available anywhere you get your podcasts. You're listening to Traveling the Vortex, a Direction Point Network podcast. All right, well, should we move on to our reviews? Do we want to talk about the, the little bit of uh, a news we got in the meantime since we recorded last? Um, sure, if you'll oh, remind me what the heck that is. <laughs> Neil Patrick Harris playing the villain. Oh, yeah, yeah. Anniversary. You mean the um, Celestial Toymaker? That seems the, to be what they're trying to make us think. The quote-unquote villain. Yeah. Oh, it'll yes. be a villain, I'm sure. I'll tell you, I, I, I think that that is probably what that I'm going to call it right now. It's Celestial Toymaker, but they're not going to put Celestial on it. He will just be referred to as the Toymaker. I just, that's the way it'll happen. So certain are you. So certain am I. <laughs> I think it's great that he's going to be on the show. I think one of the things that it's, that is frustrating, and this is not Russell T. Davis's fault, but we keep getting all these announcements about the 60th anniversary and what's coming for the 60th anniversary. And we're, we're generating buzz and excitement for Dr. Who that we're not going to see for another year. When we've got, when we've got a centenarian coming out, we've got a Jody's final episode coming out. We've got, we should be seeing some more teases or information about what is coming sooner than what we're going to see down the road and i think what's happening is inadvertently all of that is overshadowing 
what we have still to come. We They dropped this really great trailer at the end of this last uh, uh, special and showed us that Ace and um, uh, Tegan are in it. And then we have, it's been radio silence since. And so I think they're doing a disservice by keeping quiet about anything. You just give us little nuggets, give us something. I know it's just, well, that's, I, that's I a frustrating you. thing about all of this stuff coming out from the next, from the 20th or from the 60th anniversary. I, I think it's more of the fact that they're trying to get ahead of the set pictures. Because well, that's what that is what's happening now. Yeah, yeah. So they're filming uh, but, it now, but, and no, so they're trying to no, stay ahead. You're, you're missing. You're missing my. Out. You're missing my point. You're missing my. No, point. I, I, I see. Your my point, point is all of that can come out, but stop being radio silent about this. Oh, yeah. and that's why I say I'm not blaming. I'm not blaming the the Davis camp for what is happening. I'm blaming the Chibnall and BBC for what's not happening. And that's what's frustrating is that we're getting all of this deluge of stuff that's taking the attention off of the next big thing that should be a big deal. Whether you like the era now or not, they should not be playing this so low key to just leapfrog over it. it it's making me mad that the, at the BBC and at Chibnall. Oh, and it almost seems like, you know, it's the way two different showrunners run their shows. Russell T. Davies makes announcements and gets excitement while Chibnall likes to keep things close, close to the chest to give us surprises. Well, that's, that's a great excuse, but it's stupid. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to sit and make excuses for, for Chibnall because no, it's just, this is stupid. Albeit, I mean, that's how he's operated since he took over as the well, show. It's he's been doing, so much radio He's doing a disservice everything. to his era, and this really tells, this really tells me this really tells me that, that I was – kind of an apologist for him for a long time, even though I agreed that he had crappy writing. I just wanted, I really wanted to like the guy. I wanted to give him a chance for the era. But when you do something like this, you've lost me now. I'm not even going to defend you anymore because <laughs> it, it's like he, he's, I'm done. Wipe my hands. I shot my last episode. I'm out of here. You know, it's just, anyway, I'll get off my soapbox. But Neil Patrick Harris, yay. <laughs> <laughs> We haven't really had a high-profile American actor star in Doctor Who, right? Not since Eric Roberts. Yeah, I guess that would have been the last one. I'm sure there was somebody, surely. I think most of them have been been British. Well, there was no. Well, how about... I guess we had uh, uh, Mr. Big, the Donald Trump-like guy from the series. Yeah, Chris Knott. Yeah, Chris Knott. I guess we had him. He was fairly not not as good. high profile, but yeah. yeah. He's no Neil Patrick Harris. No. I don't I don't think we've had really a star the size of Neil Patrick Harris, like global. No, uh star. probably not. I mean Ian McKellen, but he was just a voice. Yeah. And British. What? Ian McCollum's British? Since Last when I checked. Hello fellow time travelers and welcome to the Doctor Who Target Book Club podcast, the only podcast to discuss, in story order, all the Doctor Who novelizations. My name is Tony Whip, 
and every two weeks or so, I'm joined by a two- to three-person discussion panel, including our so-called expert who's been a Who fan since 1979. That would be me. We also get the views of intermediate, casual, and novice fans who either have never seen the show or who have never read these books until these podcasts, including Dalton Hughes and Allison Fitzsafried. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you find good podcasts, or even ones like ours. You're listening to Traveling the Vortex, a Direction Point podcast. Time More, Volume 2. This is Nyla Shen calling to you from coordinate Alpha 32, planet Isilus. Isilus? This is Gallifrey. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. Gallifrey, Time War, Volume 2. This is the way the world ends. Soldiers in the streets. A people. An ancient race. Frightened for its very existence. Rassilon has corrupted Gallifrey. He is waging war for glorification and not salvation. This is a call to the Time Lords who would move against him. There is no room for sentimentality in times of great conflict. Rassilon is going to destroy a planet at its genesis. This isn't war. This is genocide by superiority complex. It has become clear to me since my resurrection that many worlds which have benefited across time from our wisdom and our benevolence have turned their backs on us in our time of need. From this day forth, all worlds that do not declare themselves allies of Gallifrey are enemies of Gallifrey. No, please! I'm begging you! Big finish. We love stories. This is the way the world ends. Rassilon has returned, summoned back from the dead to lead his people through their greatest crisis. But the Time Lords will reap what they have sown, and the consequences of this resurrection will determine Gallifrey's fates. And in among the schemes and strategies of war, Romana and Narvin are losing friends and allies. As they become ever more isolated. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, um, that's probably was, the right amount of enthusiasm in that bum, bum, bum as well. This was very up and down for me. Well, go ahead. I like the I like the first episode a lot. I thought the intrigue of what was going on, and you know them beginning to question Rassilon and this and Mantis having come back from the future to try to give warnings. I thought all of that was a great way to incorporate the politics and the war at the same time. I thought it was a really good balance and got hmm. me very excited for the entire box set. I would agree. I, I liked it for those reasons as well. Um, Mantis coming back was intriguing. Um, I even, I even sort of liked the political maneuvering that's happening. This is, it's not usually my cup of tea, but it worked really well. I think the thing that disappointed me the most was we had the big cliffhanger of uh, Romana being in trouble for communicating with the Daleks. And then it's all just pretty much some, you know, summarily dismissed at the beginning of this one. 
And I under yeah, I understand why they did it, but and it's because where they end up with this particular box set, but it just felt like it was a little kind of shoved aside too easily. But besides that, I I really enjoyed the story. I kind of fall on the opposite side of you guys. It was an interesting story, but I I kind of think that this might have been the weakest one of the set. Um, in that it. it it was an it was an okay start, but um, everybody was still too busy playing. And, and you know me, I'm all about the politics. I love that aspect of the Gallifrey sets. But everybody was too busy playing politics to really deal with the perceived threat of this intruder. I mean, we 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 it's not just an intruder. I mean, let's let's focus on this, guys. We have an intruder in the Capitol. Okay, how frequently does that happen? Not very. Oh, in this doctor. box set a lot. Yeah. <laughs> in the say, old days. At least more than once. Uh, and, and when it did happen, it was kind of a all hands to battle stations, you know, kind of moment. You are in a state of war. You should have been much more freaked out by this, especially from the rationale that whoever this was, was essentially a time lord and therefore knew, you know, what the protocols were and had access to the technology and then apparently turned out was from the future. I mean, there should have been way more to focus on the, the that part of the mystery and less on the political maneuvering I think, uh, that, that was going on. I think maybe that's true, Sean, but I think also this plays to the fact that all of these stories so far have been very much a case of time lords and people in high places in time lord society that are too full of themselves to realize the danger that something like that happens they're all they're all very high and mighty and don't see the forest for the trees when something does like happen like that so it seemed kind of part and parcel when that happens in this story that's very they feel like invincible in their bubble because uh, i mean the time lords are going to you know, hoisted by their own petard, their, 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 their downfall is their hubris. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then when it was revealed that it's the future version of the war general, and, you know, I don't know that to me was almost a, I don't want to say a given, but it, it felt a little anticlimactic. And then he's dispatched with no, you know, okay, we're, we're not even going to deal with it now. Now that we ma- we made such a non-issue out of it, then we're not even going to make an issue out of it at all. We're just going to off him. And then the general's dragged away, and we're not going to deal with that either. And it, it just kind of the whole exercise felt like a, well, then why did we bother? Yeah, I can see that. And because I, I felt the same way that we had this kind of intrigue of this mysterious guest, we discover it is who I thought, when I thought it was that was really cool. I thought, oh, okay, I did not expect this. This is neat. But it was kind of put aside and put down too quickly and too easily. Yeah. I just, it, it felt like if you were going to tell that story, tell me that story. If you were going to tell a political intrigue story, tell me a political intrigue story, but marrying the two together just didn't work. It, it, I don't know. Maybe it was just because there was still some mop up from the previous set that needed to happen before we got into this story that, that this one should have been placed second or maybe they didn't know how to deal with it because i mean we still don't even really get he comes back with this information to say hey rassilon is you know we got to take him out but then we don't really even get anything 
beyond that. Well, and nobody it, nobody takes it serious or acts upon mm-hmm. it until much later when it's too late. Right. And then it, it's interesting that we get that nugget from this and the rest of the box set in a roundabout way kind of deals with it, but yet it, it's not based on this tip. Right. right. <laughs> it's, it's, it's other stuff that it's, happens. It's based on other stuff that happens. So it's like, again, why did we bother telling the story? I mean, is, is it foreshadowing that? But you never came back around to say, aha, I knew that was him. We should have listened to him. I mean, even then, that would have been a, oh, okay, now I understand why you told me that story first. Yeah. But we didn't get that moment either. So it was just kind of like, eh, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not that I didn't enjoy it, because I did. I thought the performances were good and, you know, but it just kind of felt like a placeholder. I can There, were, there was a lot of spinning the wheels. I think I enjoyed it more than that, but I think I can see where you're coming from. Your arguments make very much sense. Yeah, I can see that too. And in the context of the entire box set, I could your arguments have a, I think a, quite a bit of credence. But looking at the story in and of itself, as I was listening to it, I, I I enjoyed it, and then my enjoyment started going down after this. Yeah, I I think it's the next one I feel is the weakest, and this is the one that I feel like sort of kind of spun its wheels um, because we set up this planet that is sort of a asset to both sides of the war either the time lords have to get a hold of it so that the daleks can or the daleks get a hold of it so that they can you know continue to fuel their empire and the way they went about it i thought was clever to go back in time and try to manipulate this tiny war that's happening the problem that i have with that is they go to manipulate this tiny war that's happening nothing gets done and the fix is to put it in a stasis bubble as the last ditch plan Z effort, you know? So it's like there's a lot that they thought they were going to try to do with this, but it just becomes a mechanism to set up the following story. And so we've got an hour of who really cares in right in the middle of this story. And the other problem with it is Narvin is the worst field agent <laughs> ever. Yeah, agreed. The only reason he got promoted to coordinator is so he could be behind a desk and not screw things up so yeah, badly. Yeah. I was so frustrated with him the entire time. It took me out of the story because it was just like, you should know better. You're this, you were acting coordinator for the longest time and you are supposedly the best field agent, but you don't know what you're doing. And the war council person's running circles around you. What the heck is going on? Why are you so incompetent? Well, it doesn't help that Romana also comes across very incompetent in this entire box set. I'm still she so, seems so out of character. I am the entire so frustrated with how she's being portrayed, especially now in the time war. She is she's out of her element. I will give you that. She's never been in her element as either president or as a CIA coordinator because at its base core, Romana is an academic, and it's expressly uh, shown here because her. One of her most important efforts is to convince Rassilon not to dissolve the Academy. And so she is an academic, but because she's an academic, if she can't work in the capacity of either of these two positions, at least she should be smart enough to 
cleverly work around the situations that she keeps getting into or putting others in and it's not happening and it's just making me so mad yeah agreed that's one of the uh, the biggest issues with this is there's a lot of uh, mary sue going on where we've brought in somebody new and to make them look good we really have to dumb down our hero characters and have them make a bunch of idiotic decisions in order for this new character to succeed in their plan. Um, and it happens to Narvin. It happens to Ramana. It happens to, uh, to who, who's the young kid that uh, I call him a young kid, but the, the, the other field agent who ran off to Eris. Uh... Eris. Thank you. Uh, it happens here. It happens throughout this box set that all of the, the allies of the CIA kind of wind up being, made out to be kind of inept because you know oh they're much better at playing this game than we are and it's like i i don't know that i buy that the 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 other the other side might be you know more devious but it that that's that's not you know you got you guys should be smarter than this and it it just keeps being brought up over and over and over and over and to the point it's like it's it's becoming a downer yeah, because these are characters that we like, and they're characters that we want to like. And yes, I understand putting some adversity in their way. I mean, that's what drama's about. You can't just have a you know, oh, it was a lovely picnic, and we went on, <laughs> we had a holiday, and nothing exciting happened to us at all. That would make a very boring box set. I get it, but still, <laughs> can't they can't they be heroes that have these uh, terrible adversities that they overcome through their ingenuity. That's why right. we like Dr. Who to begin with. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I can't, I can't I, argue for this one anymore or argue yeah, against it anymore. I, There's just yeah. not this. It's not, this is not a good I, I story. Liked the, I, I like the, this was another one. I liked the idea of it. And I, 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 I was kind of rooting for the story to succeed because yes. I was very concerned about, you know, how they were going to deal with the outcome of this planet. Um, but then again, while I enjoyed it, I felt like we were given a fairly kind of standard adventure. It wasn't that it was bad. It was just that, oh, well, she's selling weapons to the other side. Well, of course she's going to betray Narvin. Well, of course this is going to happen. And, oh, stasis bubble. Well, yeah, it's not like we've seen that before. It's not bad. It's you just know. unnecessary. Yeah. yeah. Well, until the next one. Well, that's just it. But I think what I think this could have been. Um, whittled down to something that could have been added to the next one to make the next one more important. But Combine the two together and let's go ahead and move really, on to the next one. Yeah, collateral. This is the best one in the set. I'll say it. Um, I think I might agree with you on that statement. Um, tell tell me why you think this is the best. Let's see if I land. In. Well, first of all, I was surprised that we brought the planet back. It, it seemed like, okay, so we put it in the stasis bubble at the end of the last episode, and you kind of think, well, okay, that's off the table now. Only to come back and go, no, we're not done with this calamitous pile of rock yet. <laughs> There's these things that are circling overhead, and they're going to siphon up the oil if we don't get there, and Rassilon's all hot to trot to, uh, you know what, uh, let's, let's just nuke it. Uh, we're, we're just we're just going to take off nuke it from orbit. It's the only way to be sure, which is very much a Rassilon thing to do. And so now the struggle is well, you know, at the very least, let us organize an evacuation, which is a very Romana thing to do. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, so at least our characters are behaving like they should. You know, we, we've got that going for us. And as the stakes continue to escalate and it goes from nuking the planet to, oh, no, 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 no. We're going to nuke the planet from ever having existed. Right. And the ramifications of that are, are you know, I think that was kind of the first time for me that the time war, which is a very um, big, huge, broad concept, kind of pared down to a very crystallized, specific concept that we're dealing with this one planet, but we're going to completely remove it from ever having existed. And consequently, everybody that was ever born on this planet will have never been born. And so the entire history, the culture, the art, the everything will just cease to be. And we're okay with that. The nightmare fuel that that generates really, for me, kind of enhanced a lot of the, you know, it, it really put in very sharp relief just how despicable Rassilon is, especially when you get to the turn that it's all for show, that it's not really that big of a, uh, 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 a battlefield moment, that it's not that big of a, we can't let them have the oil. It's just a, it's showing the Daleks and our ally that you're either with us or against us. Yeah. And it's, it's a political statement in of itself. That well, to me was the, 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 the pin in the holy crap moment. You I, know? I completely agree with you. I also mm-hmm. like the subplot that's going on here with the getting the communication from was it was it nyla the girl that was communicating and she's like uh we're told that you're going to evacuate us and we've got everything we've five years ago um you know i spoke with eris and he and so they at that point realized they have to send eris back in order to set this up which i thought was kind of a, a a neat little plan and so when he but then him going back to orchestrate this so that they can evacuate but also planting that seed of rebellion or resistance, I guess it was, which sets up the group that is going to, you know, uh, uh, assassinate uh, or, or plans to assassinate or take out anyway, Rassilon. So you've got all that kind of going on underneath this bigger plot that you described. Yeah. And it was nice to see Eris. I mean, it was fairly obvious, I think from the get go that Eris and Nyla were, were going to, to fall for each other. Yeah. Um, but that mm-hmm. kind of gave us this this very, um, well, I hesitate to use the word human, but this very human story to root for while all these big climactic events were going on. Well, it's something that these that, that these stories particularly miss is that human element. And sometimes it's kind of nice to have that thread in there so that you it, it grounds it a little more. Yeah. And I'm a sucker for a good love story. Yeah. Now, it did unfortunately kind of side track uh both ramana and narvin a little bit yeah. um because of these other things um but you know that that's okay to do every now and then because we've, we've got you know these bigger pressing issues happening um so then once we kind of set all of this in motion and the the stakes continue to rise and then we do get to that point where it's like well i guess we're going to launch the fleet of tardises to get them off planet anyway and completely fly in the face of this and the die is cast were committed um 
that to me was where it really picked up. And I mean, not that it was bad before, but it just that 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 it was firing on all cylinders, and it just reached this crescendo of, uh, you know, dramatic. Wow, this is great. This is just a fantastic story, Mm -hmm. and it ended in such a a, a, a tragic way. Yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. just a, a just a gut punch ending. Uh, for everybody concerned. And uh, once again, we have a, a companion, if you will, a, a character, an ally, who is kind of shuffled off the board. And uh, we, we, we now have Eris out of the way. Because we know where things are going. <laughs> right, right. Mm-hmm. Keith, you're kind of quiet over there. What's up? Oh, I, I agree with all of what you've said. I think all of those things are have been really good about it. Um, it still feels like Romana and Narvin are constantly on their back foot, though, mm-hmm. and never a step ahead, yep. which they probably should be. And it doesn't feel like, yes, this, the actions that Rassilon's doing are horrible, and wow, what, what a monster. It doesn't feel like it's enough to justify Romana's actions in the next story. <laughs> yeah, well... <sighs> Yeah, I'm a little torn on that aspect, though, because I think that knowing the title of this, I knew this is where they were going to go with it. I'm just not sure that I was comfortable with Romana being the... That's my problem. Too. The, the, the steering the ship on this. I think that she should have been the maybe the planner, the instigator, but I don't think she should have been the one in there marching in and... and putting it laying it all out there on the table she i i understand her motivations and i understand why she does it but it just felt a little out of place and out of character for romana and i think that i I, what i do like is the fact that even after narvin's been promised or 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 been bribed with these next extra you know set of regenerations that he at the last minute runs to her aid. So that was cool. And we get a little bit of this Romana forward thinking when her and, um, is it Nivea? Is that the, the former prime minister gal? Mm -hmm. When she, when we find out that it's a bit of a double cross and, but we don't realize that Nivea is in it until much later. And that the conversation that we got before, we ended up getting more of it later as they revealed it. So I thought that was cool, but then it, it devolves into this, Oh, okay. We're going to assassinate Rassilon. So we just keep shooting him and keep shooting him and keep shooting him and keep shooting him. And he doesn't die and he doesn't die and he doesn't die and he doesn't die. And then it's like, okay, now this story has gone from megalomaniac, dictator to almost deity like being and i didn't like that because i don't think well i think that's what rassilon ultimately is striving for he's nowhere near that yet and they Mm -hmm. haven't presented it in a way that he's achieved that so to have that moment where it seems to be at least that's the impression i got is that he just won't die when she's trying to kill him I, I had a I had a hard time swallowing that. And then for him to get up and praise her because, oh, this is like the old days. Well, okay, that probably is true. And that's probably true to form for 
Rassilon, who's insane, and 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 that's how he came to power, or I guess that's how he kept power in the in the you know the the classic era. And so for him to say that just seemed really out of character for somebody that was just then trying to kill you. I guess maybe he says it from a point that he wasn't he knew that he wasn't in any real mortal danger, so perhaps I can forgive that a bit, but it just seemed a little it seemed a little weird and convoluted at the end. I also just had a big problem with the entire premise of it that Romana would even consider an assassination. It seems so out of character that she wouldn't try to come up with a different alternative than killing someone. Yeah, I, I'm okay even with it. As if crazy it's, and megalomania I as, think it's as o- he is. I think it's okay if it's a last ditch, there's no other options. But you See, don't I feel get, like she didn't explore you, the other you, options. Exactly. First. You don't get the impression that she had run out of options yet. Yeah, she hadn't tried to take him out of office in any way or shape or form. She's, yes, questioned him, but not openly questioned them or caused other people to start questioning him. I mean, there there are so many different ways that she could have gone about taking him out of office and out of power um, before even trying an assassination attempt. Sean, you're being awful quiet this time. Um, I was a little shocked when 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 uh, Ramana and Narvin retire to the. Uh, all I could think of was the the, the warehouse district on Coruscant where uh, Darth <laughs> Sidious hangs out. Yeah. That's, that's the image meeting, that really meeting with Maul or or um, Dooku or anybody else. Yeah. Needs to... it was like, oh, this is totally what the what's going on. And I was in my head, I was already plotting how this conversation was going to go down. And Ramana, in very typical Ramana fashion, was going to come out and say it, but in very coded, carefully chosen words without coming out to say it. Which would have been and, more in character for Ramana. You know, yeah. And Ramana Marvin that we was want. going to express some surprise and yet also reply in coded I had the whole conversation playing in my head mm. and then she goes so what do you think should we kill him or what right and it, the, the, the whole little constructed house of cards went <laughs> and just fell in on itself and I was like what and I, I had to stop it and back it up because it threw me so hard out of the story and admittedly, part of that's my fault because I was off fantasizing about how this should have gone <laughs> as opposed to <laughs> listening to what was happening. <laughs> but then hearing it a second time really was like, no, that's what are you doing to Ramana? That's not how she'd handle this. I mean, I I would like to think that I'd know how she'd handle this. And I don't think this is it. I, I, you know, as bad as things are, as bad as things have gotten, I I don't think she would be the one to openly, she would hint at it. Sure. She would strongly be okay with it. Sure. But for her to be the one to say, so yeah, I'm going to go this way and I think we should do it. And, oh, I brought my sniper rifle. Do you want to pull the trigger? I mean, she was really kind of that That was my problem. That was my problem. It, 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 it was too much. So then I had less problems with the way it was carried out because that felt a little more Romana that she positioned herself in such a way to get close to Rassilon, to be in command of the situation and then let 
other people take control of it. She didn't kill him. The assassins did. Right. So, you know, and, and admittedly, based on the events of this whole box set, intruders have been getting into the Citadel for, you know, months now. And, and we, nobody has been concerned about it. We tried to tell you and uh, you were too busy playing politics. So, you know, there's an out there. Um, and the, the fact that uh, she kind of had this uh, frenemy uh, with the, the prime minister, former prime minister, or with uh, whatever, was it? no, it is prime minister is the new title. Oh, she is. Uh, yeah, you're right. Um, yeah. you know, that, that, that kind of worked for me. And, um, Rassilon being nigh invincible, there's one dropped line where they talk about his defenses and that just because he's the president and he's wearing the sash that he's got this, that, and the other that, um, you know, or, so there, there is kind of a, a techno babble reason why that, the that's true. It, states are not killing him. You're right. It is implied that the sash is part of this like elaborate force field against their weapons, which really makes me wonder what caliber of weapon the master used back in deadly assassin. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Either that or the, because of the master being able well, to, the president, but it's, they really have increased. Well, he also has it's, it's the sass. Of, it's, 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 it's the sash of Rassilon. It's not the sash of whoever's wearing it. So Rassilon must have some, known some power in it that the everybody else that wore it didn't. That that is also a possibility. But so, yeah, he, he's got force fields as well. He, so he's he, he's got all that, and I, you know, okay, I'm I'm okay with that. And then we get to the end, and he's dying, and he's taking forever to die. And I'm waiting for the regeneration because I, I it's like okay. You, you, you've had your run. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And we don't get the regeneration in this story, which I was a little shocked at. I kind of thought for sure that we'd get the, you know, the cliffhanger. Ta-da, here's the new guy. Um, but instead, he, he gives this, um, well, you know, that was glorious. I kind of miss the old days, having to fight <laughs> for my life. And, you know, the, you know, it's like fending off Omega. And, and I was like, oh. And I... I my I, I didn't know how to take that at first because it was it was not what I expected, and yet in a way, it's totally cool because it does very much fit in with what we think we know of Rassilon and 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 the old days and how ruthless he is. And I guess if you know you were being threatened with assassination on a nearly daily basis, that that's probably what made you that ruthless. You had to be. So there's a there, there's an element of that that or, or if you were that ruthless to begin with, you would naturally have enemies that would be coming after you all the time. But it seems to me that if somebody came after me, I would then be even more ruthless in dispatching them. But maybe because it's been so long since he had that challenge, he was feeling generous. I don't know. I I, I don't know that I'd let her live. But uh, that's just me. <laughs> it seems like an odd. When when you talked about um, Rassilon's regenerating, he does regenerate. Well, he's re he's in the they process. In yeah, zero. he's in a zero. Yeah. He's he's in the process of regenerating because Romana brings up the fact that they're going to make it a a public spectacle. Yeah. Um, so he is regenerating in this one. But he's he's just he's he's dragging it out. Yeah. You know. He, and he's he's like Tenet. I don't want to go. Yeah. He's also <laughs> not going. I. I 
I mean, the next guy to me is the Dalton version, but maybe mm, maybe more in between. Oh, is there? As I say, maybe there are more. Although we did finally introduce the gauntlet, so now we've got the 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 gauntlet of Rassilon introduced, which is heavily yeah. used in End of Time. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't dislike the story, and in fact, as part of the overall arc, it was it was an okay story. I didn't hate. I didn't dislike it or love it. Um, I just had those little issues, and just hanging over it is consistently, as Keith said, Ramana and Narvin feeling like they're on their back footing the entire time. Yeah, and at least. Where they leave this, you know, on the run and headed to look for their friends. Hopefully we'll put them in a footing where, or at least in a situation where, you know, it feels more natural for them to be on their back foot because they're not in their home turf. Yeah. And I think that's what's frustrating about it is they're at their home turf. They're in their, in the capital, they're in the Gallifrey. This should be when they're at their best and brightest, but they're just fumbling along the whole time. Well, that's just it. If they're going to fumble along now, what's going to happen when they're, yeah, like you say, they're not in there, no longer in their element. Well, hopefully they're not around people smarter than them (laughs) (laughs) out in the universe. Obviously the other time lords are smarter than them. Right. right. Or at least more politically savvy. I don't know. We'll see, I suppose. But we're done with... We're done with Gallifrey Time War, right? Box sets? No, there's still two more. Oh, that's right. Three and four are in Act 3, so down the road a ways. All right. Cool. Well, speaking of down the road, what have we got coming up on the schedule, Sean? Well, coming up on the schedule, we are still in uh, the the death throes of Act 1. So coming up next time, we return to the War Master. We'll check in on him with uh, the box set War Master 6. Killing Time, and all four stories that it entails. And then uh, we will wrap things up with Act 1 with uh, The War Master 1, Only the Good, and we will do uh, 2, 3, and 4 out of that box set because we've already done the first one. And uh, then I think, uh, are we? did we decide, are we taking a break to uh, cover... uh, redacted yeah i think after that we'll slip uh doctor who redacted in there and then we will take a break to cover the uh, doctor who redacted podcast and glenn you're gonna have to explain that because I, I i'm still trying to wrap my brain around what it is uh it, it's it's an audio drama it's an audio drama that the <laughs> the core of it is is it's three friends that do a podcast but for the most part it's just an audio drama with all of this things going on and the podcast is really very much a very small part of all of this. It's just kind of the connecting threads. So, but it's a scripted audio. It is drama. a scripted audio drama. Yeah. Gotcha. So we will be covering that in between act one and act two of the time war. All right. Well, be sure to check out our website, TravelingTheVortex.com. And if you get any value out of this podcast, consider putting some value back into it. You can do that by clicking on the Patreon link there. 
Also, please consider giving us a five-star review wherever you subscribe to the podcast. That helps bump us up in the ratings and recommendations and make sure you join in on the conversation in our listeners forum on Facebook. Anything else we need to cover before we close this show? If not, until next time, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. And I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied. Direction point! Direction point! A Doctor Who Podcast Network.